Welcome to the family with Catherine. Oh. Well, that would be Catherine. Shouldn't Tevin start? No. Oh, Tevin started. Okay, let me do it again. Go like this. Who's starting? Tevin. And then Mom. And then me. Tomorrow okay, hold King on. Day. Let's let Tevin go first. <laughs> okay, here we go. I have a dream that it's Tuesday and Tevin is... No, that's not it. Welcome to the family with... Tevin Pittman. Happy Martin Luther King Day, Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. And Mike Brandt. And we'll be right back to kick off Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Real name. What's his real name? Because no, Martin real Luther name. King was not his real name. I didn't know oh, that. I didn't know that either. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly. You know what his real name is? No. What was his real name? Michael King. Michael King. Michael, oh, yeah. huh? Who would ever change the name from Michael? Yeah, to, his, to father, <laughs> his father's name was Michael King. His name was Michael King. And they, uh, huh. his father saw uh, a speech by, God, who did he see a speech by? Martin they changed Luther. his name and his Martin son's Luther. name to Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Martin Luther. He, he bounced all the way, all the way back. I think it's somebody probably quoting Martin Luther. I that think was a happy dude, Martin Luther. Oh yeah, he was all fired up. <laughs> yeah. We will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Special guest John O'Connor will join us. Americans, Americans today mistrust the major media more than ever. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> the scum of the earth. That might have something to do with it. We will be right back with the family. Michael Bryant. Brad, Sean, Brian. It's Martin Luther King Day, and he was about justice, and he talked about people having the right to get into the courtrooms, and that's what we try to do uh, is give people the right to make bring claims. Um, we only get paid if we recover. You don't have to uh, pay us to, at the beginning of a case, um, and that's what we try to do for people is give them that right to get in the courtroom and be able to fight all sorts of different giants for Sean Bryant. Oh, he did his own tag and everything. I like that. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. <laughs> By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. Yeah, baby, is all I know. Let me know when Mr. O'Connor's ready to go, Andy, if you would. So, Michael. Yes. Michael Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Yep. We're looking at uh, this whole, uh, John's on today, he's going to talk a bit about, not exclusively, but he's going to talk about uh, the FBI and all the rest of it. What is wrong with the FBI right now, Michael? Because you're in a situation where they said, no, this wasn't anti-Semitic. Really, a Muslim attacking a synagogue is not anti-Semitic, huh? Well, okay. we have John Connor or John O'Connor on, and John he can tell us. John, how are you? Just great. John, I don't, I don't understand. Americans today mistrust the major media more than ever. Postgate will prove that this uh, distrust is richly deserved. John, I've never met you, I don't think, but 
I'd give you a big hug if I did. I'll tell you that. I am so sick of the major media, and I don't care if it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC or ABC, CBS, whatever. They All they do is lie for money. Aren't That's you, what they do. Aren't you glad we're not major media? Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> Honest to God. We're not well, even lame on me. point, because they... They do fly for money, and that's the problem. And it's a it's a strange kind of money. Uh, they do want to keep their core audiences, and they sort of have made the mistake of limiting themselves to those to those audiences. But once they've done that, now what are they going to do? Take a chance on uh, dismembering that audience by being uh, fair-minded? No, uh, I think they could have done better if they had played both sides. And right. tried to actually let the uh, let the viewer or the audience decide what the truth is and present both sides. Uh, I'm not suggesting people ought to be uh, media ought to bend their stories to a conservative point of view. Quite the contrary. But if you are conservative, and I say conservative, you're a traditional American. You believe in fair play. You believe in, de- in debate and the marketplace of ideas. And what the real problem with the media is. The major media is, is that they don't believe in that. That's a that's a, an American um, principle since the Enlightenment. That's what the Enlightenment was based upon. You don't just take the Roman Catholic Church word on whether the Earth is the center of the universe. You debate it. <laughs> uh, you I, like, I like that, John. Well, the guy named John O'Connor. You're rolling a dice, man. That's a very Catholic name, Pally. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've got bishops and nuns throughout my uh, lineage here, uh, you know, uh, and I hopefully there's no direct descendants of them. I hope, but uh, in any case, uh, but that's right. And you know, they we and what we have today is we have a secular world that is gets to be secularly religious because so many right. people in the world do not believe in the Almighty and a higher power. And therefore, the tendency is the tendency is uh, to make up theories that justify uh, what you're doing. For instance, so you might have something bigger than yourself. It might be climate change. It might be uh, you name it. Uh, it might be some other uh, uh, belief. But uh, that's what we get. We get a secularly religious group who do not tolerate dissenting ideas. All those people are labeled. Uh, heretics. So mm-hmm. if you believe one way, rather than just debating it, the way John Stuart Mill would have us, the way the Founding Fathers would have it, there's no debate. You just call somebody a conspiracy theorist. Uh, so, for example, I'm just going to give you a wild example. Let's say that somebody says, the New York Post says, hey, there's this Hunter Biden computer, and here's what it says, and it looks like it's all legit. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. We can't allow that. That's heresy. So we we bury it. Think about that. In one of the most important elections in the country's history, in a piece of evidence that was very, very important. And I think somewhere I've seen uh, surveys, 9% to 14% of Biden voters would have reconsidered their vote had they known about this. But yet it was blacked out by the mainstream media. Think about that. This is the land of the free and we're blocking things out. I just, it's its stunning to me. I agree with you. And it's businesses, it's the Democratic Party, it's the Republican Party, it's all the news on any channel. It, it's really, well, look, let me, let me give you an example of how upsetting this is for me. A man, uh, Steve Harvey, 
the black man in America today, has two TV shows, maybe even three now, and he went on national television and said, I cannot do stand-up comedy anymore because they'll cancel me and ruin my career. I thought we were, like, working on coming together and living together all as one and black, white, brown, red, whatever, whatever color. It just, here's a man, very wealthy guy, got a couple of great jobs. He is terrified they're going to ruin his life. Then that's that just drives me crazy, John. It really does. Well, when you hear people on the left talking about coming together and let's all get together, they mean let's all get together as to their view of the world. Then everybody will be fine. But if if you don't, then you're just a bad person. And so anyone who thinks contrarily is labeled bad, not just wrong, but bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That's the whole basis for this uh deplatforming stuff and it is like i say it's the antithesis of what the country's supposed to be uh, i think on the masthead of the washington post uh there's the profound utterance uh, democracy dies in darkness i believe it does and i believe that that uh, statement is correct i just think it's ironic that the post is uh, publicizing it every day when they promote darkness at least on one side of whatever question comes up so that's the terrible thing. And, and like you say, it's this deplatforming, it's this bullying uh, that is going on of anybody who has any kind of contrary thoughts, uh, uh, you know, uh, against the orthodoxy. I mean, this is what history has, has uh, told us about uh, authoritarian regimes or overly religious ones. They, uh, where the religious people are in power, not just religion, but people who, ha- who have that in power, you tend to block any contrary thoughts. Uh, you know, that's what Hitler did on the right. That's what Stalin right. did on the left. You kill people who disagree with you, or at least you put them in prison in Siberia or someplace. Or, uh, so that's what's going on now. It's, it's a soft prison. It's not an actual prison. It's just you deplatform the guy and see you later, Steve Harvey. You know, John, I uh, like you. I grew up Catholic, nice little Catholic boy, and I, I'm very lucky. I didn't even realize it till today, but how lucky I was that uh, I was either in, I think, fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember which one. I was at St. Joseph's School in North Minneapolis. I think fifth grade. I'm pretty sure it was fifth grade. might have been sixth. Um, but this little boy was asked in class, and the nun asked him. He didn't bring it up. The nun said, uh, Billy, did I see you uh, wandering around with the uh, with the kids from the public school? And he said, yeah, they're, they're my neighbors. And she said, you know, you shouldn't really be hanging out with them because they're Protestant and they won't be going to heaven, so you're wasting your time. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, well, it's not a long-term investment, well, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whoa, exactly. man. So exactly. I guess what she, she did, John, is she gave me a heads up like, hey, listen, pal, about 60 years from now, the entire society is going to act like this, so you better get used to it now. It's disgusting, well, John. Right. Well, that's right. I wasn't taught that. I was just taught that those poor people, we used to call them publics because they went to the public right. school. Right. I just felt bad for them because they weren't getting into heaven or they might get in depending upon the theory, just at a lower spot. I'm going to be up there on the 20th floor. They're going to be down there in the basement. So so my buddies that I played baseball with from the public school, I thought, you know, God, I feel sorry for these guys. You know, they're going to yes. weak their way in, maybe. You know? But that's I feel exactly sorry for what I'm saying. Them, you know? uh, but anyway, it is too bad because that's the way. Uh, that's 
probably okay in a religious context as long as St. Augustine says you keep that off in the city of God and don't let those ideas infiltrate into the right. city of man. But what we have now is we have the city of man, period, and we're, we're in, in this religious type of thinking or authoritarian or ideological thinking is creeping in uh, to the uh, public uh, sphere, and that's what's happening. People are getting... Uh, uh, just the way you were taught when you were younger, oh, these people are terrible. They have the wrong ideas. Right. They're not right. getting into heaven. He's conservative. He's not getting into heaven. How terrible. So I, uh, a friend of mine gave me an email the other day and said, I want you to answer my friend. I think you're smart, John. You can answer him. And then I looked at the email, and the email said, oh, I don't want you to send me any more of these articles about DeSantis. I can't read any article about DeSantis. Wait, I thought, this is supposed to be a liberal guy. He's not He's not going to read anything about DeSantis because he's decided DeSantis is, of course, a terrible guy. Well, you know, maybe it's a good idea. I'm a lawyer, and when I litigate a case, I want to hear from the other side. I want to hear from right. the other side because I want to know, number one, whether my case has weaknesses and i got to shore them up. And number two, I want to know what he's going to say so I can be ready to refute it. And maybe I won't be able to refute it. Maybe I ought to just say, <clears throat> I think we'll settle this. But, but basically, yeah. you, want, you should want to know what the other side is saying if you want the mm -hmm. truth. Because I'm betting my clients' fortunes in their lives on being right. So I, I want to be right. Now, what happens is, though, is these people in the press, there's no vehicle uh, whereby they go to trial and they get shown to be silly or stupid or wrong. They just say it, and it, it exists, so they say it because they want to say it. There's no mechanism whereby <clears throat> they are steered toward the truth and toward really looking at the other side and see if there's some valid points there so that you can incorporate them. And that's exactly the way the process is supposed to work. You know, like Hegel said, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. You're supposed to synthesize. And we don't have that, and when we don't have that, of course there's not going to be agreement. Because there's one side of the ledger. I say more than I say more than the left, more than right is is uh, into um, ideology. I think the right has its problems, especially what we would you know. But uh, but you know, but 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 at least the right is more willing to debate and discuss. That's what I would say, and you don't just deplatform as much. Well, in my but, experience, I, that is because whichever party is in power is going to become the ideologues. Right now, the left is in power. They've got the media. They've got the government. So, of course, they're just going to be ideologues. But it reminds me a lot of the religious right back in the 80s when yeah. they had all yep. the power. They had all the cultural power. And they were, you know, you know, do what I say or you're wrong. It just flipped because power corrupts no matter who you are. Well, okay. that's right. What kind of lawyer are you? I'm a litigation lawyer. I've been litigating for 50 years now. Oh, yeah, uh, in San Francisco, in San Francisco, San Francisco area, but I really go all over the country in my cases. What kind of cases? Everything, you name it. I've been a criminal prosecutor, criminal defense lawyer, civil lawyer. I work for the government in the SNL crisis. I've done uh, everything: insurance cases, real estate, intellectual property. I've tried just about everything. Uh, about the only thing. I wouldn't do. I mean, I've done a little domestic, but I'm not a domestic lawyer, and I'm not a tax expert, anything like that. But I've tried everything. 
So uh, it's the litigation process that I like to be good at, at just trying to find out what the truth is, trying to cross-examine people who who uh, testify one way that you may think is wrong or right, and it, it tests them. And when you cross-examine somebody and they hold up, you say, wow, maybe this guy's got something. So I'm very respectful of the other side in all my litigation because they just may be right as to some or all of what they say. And that is the process that we should be going through. That's the one that John Stuart Mill told us about in 1835. That's the one we ought to go through. And if your theory turns out to be tested and right, gosh, you've done a good job by considering the other side. How about that? And if you test it and it's wrong, well, then it gives you a chance to be right and to change your theory. So I'm a great believer in the litigation system, and I actually think that if there were more people who thought like litigators uh, and were out there critically testing things that were said, you would have a better public discussion. Unfortunately, we've got a lot of really wonderful lawyers in this country who are out there working for their clients but aren't in the public sphere, and we have people in the mainstream media who are into a completely different deal than I'm into. No question. I mean, the problem we have that Michael Bryant, uh, the man asking a question, is a lawyer, but he, he does law with disc jockeys. So, I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, people like me, John, it's that bad. Think about it. <laughs> that bad, huh? Oh, gee. <laughs> he goes, that bad, <laughs> The book is called Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy in Journalism. Um, I... I you know, no matter if it's far left, far right, whatever it is, I would just maybe, is there any chance we can all move to, toward the center? One side is going to have to give up their religion. The other side is going to have to give up their former religion. It's like, would you just calm down, man? Here, let me ask you guys a question. This is, and this basically is for everybody, but the, mainly the two lawyers on the show. I, I just, how do people not understand, and, and Michael Bryant and I have had this discussion before, just between the two of us, and I'll just throw me out there as a guy. Let's say that I'm the one that did something wrong and I need to be canceled, right? But the only right. problem that I have with the whole cancel part of it, now I'm not saying that I shouldn't be taken to task or educated or straightened out or whatever. What I'm saying is if you go after me and try to ruin my life, you're ruining Catherine's life, my wife. My son Andrew's with us today. Alex is usually here. So you're ruining my wife my son, my daughter, my grandchildren, me. Why don't they ever think about who else is in there getting hurt that shouldn't be getting hurt? Why do you assume they care? Yeah, they don't care. Why? Mm -hmm. How do you not care about another human being and claim to be a human because being? Because we're in an age of moral superiority in, uh, in meme form. And well, if I mean, you don't believe Crusades, it, then they... Look at the Inquisition, look at Genghis I Khan. Know. They didn't care. Humans have never cared. And they should have. They should have known before they chose to either be born or exactly. Being born was your mistake, yeah, pal. They should have known. <laughs> well, I mean, that's well, part of that, that right this. there. Was, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, let me say this. I think they do care who they hurt, and they want to hurt them. Well, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of evil people yeah. out there too. That's the thing. I just. I don't. I could not do that. I mean. I, I could hurt somebody. That's why I was like that toe-to-toe -to -toe deal, and that's how I grew up. You get in the battle with somebody, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and slug it out. You take him out, he takes you out, and it's over. You don't go after his whole family and go, I'm gonna, now that I beat you up, I'm going to go over punch your wife right in the face. I mean, that's what it looks like today, doesn't it? 
Well, it does. And if you look at regimes like, uh, well, all over the world, the authoritarian regimes do take out your family. Yes, they do. They That's do. one of the things. Yeah. It's not just yep. you. And so we're doing that in America uh, now. We're doing it more softly. We're doing it by smearing reputations and ruining business and so forth and so on. It's very, very true. John, I need to take a break. We, uh, we have you for another 10, 15 minutes? Sure. The book is called Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. You can check it out on Amazon and just about everywhere. We'll be right back. More with John O'Connor right after this. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Tom here to tell you that MyPillow is the best and getting better. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has an amazing offer on MyPillow towels, 100% USA cotton, originally $109.99, and now a flash sale for $39.99. For a limited time and 60-day money-back guarantee, head to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Promo code KQRS. Get this great offer and check out the deep discounts on other products. MyPillow.com, enter promo code KQRS. MyPillow.com, promo code KQRS. QRS. We are back, yeah, ladies I'm and on, gentlemen. I'm actually on the phone with podcast. Oh, I wish you. I'm on the effing phone. Thank you. Michael Bryant. Gonna, I'm on hold at the moment. Michael. What's that? Michael Bryant. Yeah, what? I sorry, my headphones weren't on. Oh, well, think, for uh, Christ. Our guest just dropped. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, said he was on hold. Why? No, that's he said Grant. he was on hold. That's Grant, I think. Yes, that oh. was me. Oh, that was yes. you. Grant okay. is also on the phone. I don't know why John dropped. I will try calling him again. Once. Well, you don't have to call him well, back because we only got him for ten minutes anyway. So that's fine. Oh, okay. Plus, I think 
Michael Brown will have a heart attack if he comes. <laughs> you can feel the tension in the room. Uh, no, I can. Honest to God, the whole interview, I kept hearing. <laughs> Settle down, Michael. You're going to choke to death yeah, for Christ. Well. But you know, it's well, Grant, both you sides. You weren't on for John, were you? Uh, me, no. Oh, okay. uh, well, no, I was Grant just kind of going to be piggybacking a little off of this conversation. Okay. All right. Grant, what's up? Um, well, I heard some uh, some rather unnerving information that I figured uh, maybe you guys could also look into. Okay. Uh, just the fact of them talking about it makes me nervous, at least. Uh, I heard that there was a poll that uh, 29% of Democrats think that Unvaccinated parents should lose custody of their children for not being back. <laughs> that's a little extreme. That, that, that scares me. Yeah, I could see that. No, then, I mean, uh, Grant, the amazing thing, Grant, before you continue, is that we were just talking about this on the morning show this morning. There were people running around, and I don't go on social media, I don't know if it's on there or not, but they were running around telling everybody, yeah, Bernard, he wasn't vaccinated, he wasn't boosted, no wonder he got COVID, now he's probably going to kill somebody with his well, I was vaccinated. I was boosted. Could you at least check your facts before you, you know, disparage someone across the uh, universe on digital? Well, people are stupid, and they live in They're a cartoon really reality that well, they, they think do, that yes. if you're not on my side, then you stand for everything that I hate. I've vice never versa. felt that way. Never in my life have I felt. I mean, how the hell could I be friends with Michael Bryant and think <laughs> that? Thank you very much. Mm. Great to be here, Michael. That's a, that's a uh, weird. A I, wonder, point. I wonder whose poll. I wonder whose poll that is because there's been people with, with un, unvaccinated kids forever. You know, yeah, I mean, an, there's an Rasmussen poll. Parents without. It's an actual Rasmussen poll. Yep. Huh. Yes, sir. Really? Oh yeah, here it is. Huh. Really? Let's see. Yeah, read the whole thing. Read it, and, and if you read it, that'd be great. It, Grant, uh, thank you for calling this in. Andy's going to read it. People. Well, I've got it. Twenty-nine percent of Dems. Twenty-nine percent of Dems support taking your kids if you refuse to take the vaccine. Fifty-nine percent of Dems support you if you support you being put on house arrest if you refuse the jab. Forty-eight percent of Dems say you should be jailed if you question the vax online. Uh, what? Like all that I heard is that, that whatever was the percentage. That other one I wanted to mention was the 47, 48 percent yep. one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Forty-seven jailed. to forty-eight percent of America has lost their mind. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, all I heard from that. Do you, I mean, if you have a position that is based in truth, fact, and open information for everybody, you don't need to go jailing people. No, you, you just think so. you would you you would have such great reasons that people would see your side of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Try to convince them. Be a good speaker. I mean, maybe 20, maybe 10, 10, 20 percent might just be like fringy, weird. They're not going to agree with anything you say just because that's just what they do. But that's a huge majority. So I have a question uh, for John everybody. O'Connor just called back in, by the way. Oh, oh he did. So he's John on the phone right now. Uh, okay, so I have a question as we lead back I into think. John O'Connor. And Grant, certainly stay with us if you have any questions for him, okay? Um, that's up to Will you. Do. Okay, well... I, it, my whole situation in this deal is I don't know how I did this and, and you know Michael Bryan can tell you this Catherine can tell you this, my kids and all the rest of it about half my friends are Democrats, the other half of my friends are Republicans and of those people I would say 
about 10 to 15 percent of the left and 10 to 15 percent of the right are pretty severe in their views. How is it that I can get along with people that go from way to the left, way to the right, and I can get along with them? It's not that I'm some supreme being, for Christ's sake. It's not that hard. Well, you don't get along with everybody. Well, I don't get along with everybody, <laughs> but I get along with my friends that have a lot different views than I do about things, and I don't care. As long as they've got character and care about one another and wouldn't go after somebody to try to ruin their life, then I can be their friend. You try to ruin somebody, I want nothing to do with you. That's all there is to it. Right? I think that has something to do with it because your friends are all decent people. And you make yeah, sure that they, they are. You are correct, sir. That's you don't exactly. know and they friends. are. <laughs> Wait a minute. What was that, Brian? <laughs> That's true. What'd you say? I didn't hear it. I said, you don't know his friends. To say they're all decent people. <laughs> yeah, you'd be one of you and Doug Sprinthal, horrible human yeah. beings. I'm just reading no this question. poll. This thing's crazy. Yeah, well, 17 percent of Republicans. Seventeen percent of Republicans are also believing people should be in jail. Yep. That's crazy. Why? Yeah, just because they won't somebody get just vaccinated. dropped off again. That's nuts. Yeah, and if you're gonna Who take somebody's, if you're gonna take somebody's kids, and like, what are you just putting them in the system as some who's t- now taking responsibility? That more black voters than white voters support getting vaccinated. Where? That's I think that's wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Hispanics and other minorities are this I don't where did they well, find Well, they support the, the vaccine mandate. Oh boy. So, you know, people are going to support a mandate if it doesn't affect them. Well, Michael, that's what we're talking about. Media so lies. That's what, you know how happy I am. supporters are more likely to endorse the harshest punishments. I I know him. I don't know that anybody's a stronger supporter of his, and I don't support <laughs> it. So, I'm out of that group. Who oh, a strong supporter of who? So Biden, I love Joe. Well, that, but that's a personal thing. That's I not know. a president so what? thing. No, I still love the guy. I think John's so. phone is having issues because I can't get him to connect. But I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't want harsher punishment for people with vaccinations. I'm saying Todd would be in jail. You know, just want harsher punishment for me. That's what you no, want. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. That's quite the pull. That's crazy. I- it's un- Well, this is what we're talking about, how mm-hmm. insane people are getting. It's sure like, would have. you calm mm-hmm. down? Well, you missed the best part of the poll. Hmm. Uh, so what does governments requiring you to temporarily live in a designated facility <laughs> sound like to you? China. Prison. That's what yeah. uh, Australia's Prison. did. Yeah. They built a bunch of like trailer houses, <laughs> and they made people go sit in them. They nailed people in their, <laughs> in their, in their apartments mm-hmm. in China, didn't they? Right. And, yeah. and then they wonder why people are all out here getting like fake vaccination cards. And right. That's another thing. Right. Like, you're, that's not helping any. Okay, anything. I think maybe we have John back. John, we keep fighting. Did we get you back? No, nope. nope. his phone is messed up. That's, just really yeah, that's too bad. Oh, I will have uh, Cassie text him and tell him that his phone is broken. Oh, we have thanks. no way so, um, with him. In France, they're chain restaurants and bars. Many restaurants and bars are changing their status to a private club. Mm-hmm. Then they don't have to ask mm-hmm. customers for a COVID passport. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <clears throat> New customers become a member in less than a minute and for free. <laughs> I just, I just, can we just live our lives? That is weird. I was talking to the guy at at the restaurant we were at on Saturday night about that. The whole idea of turning your own customers away. You know, somebody wants to come in and then they're like, no, sorry, you can't come in here. That's, that's, that's Especially when there's already less people going out because of COVID and now you have to turn away the ones that actually do want to come out. Yeah, want to come out and eat. That's, yeah, that's, ugh. I know, it's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. 
That's all I'm saying, man. That's why, like I said, I like uh, I like my family and a few friends, and the rest of you can all just kiss mm. my living ass. I'm I well. am sick to death. Of, I am. I'm sick to death of people trying to ruin each other and not caring about it. That does really bother. I don't me. feel the yeah. coming together vibe no. from you, Tom. Come together right now, damn it! Or go to jail. That's <laughs> <Or> go, <laughs> go live in a closet or yeah. wherever they put you. I just, seriously, it's, it's wearing me out. It really is. People that I've known forever won't even talk to me anymore be, since I got into radio. Hmm. I heard your radio show. I can't, I can't hang. Uh, but they listen every day. No, yeah, they probably listen every day. The ones who are like, I, can, I hate you, but right. they like know everything that's there, going yeah, on. There will be some anti-Tom so, Bernard group there where they all watch, listen to the show so they have something to do. So two-thirds of people, likely <laughs> voters are against government using digital devices to track the unvaccinated. Well, that's kind of a cell phone, but... <laughs> right. It's kind of a cell phone, exactly. But how would you know if somebody's vaccinated or not oh. on a cell phone? Yeah, well, that's they true. They probably do they can, know. Yeah. So. Look at your messages you're sending, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm I'm of the mind, and I could have gone without the vaccination, but I didn't mind going with it. I could have gone without the booster, but I didn't mind going with it either. I don't care about stuff like that. Yeah. I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't going to kill me, so what do I care? As long as it's not going to kill me, I'm fine. Yep, that's the idea. I guess I don't know, but if you don't, (laughs) (laughs) the sweet release of death. You're absolutely right. Oh God! I wanted to hear more about the Watergate book. Postgate. Yeah, I wanted to hear what because it it uh, sounds like an interesting book. Yeah, Mm. apparently it's uh, the Post did not uncover Watergate as much as it covered it up. Yeah, what it alleges. Then it talks about how it betrayed um, Deep Throat, which I'd be interested in finding out. Right. What that's about. Well, we could so. we could rebook him for next Monday or something mm-hmm. if you want. We could, yeah. we could try that. Out. Phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he gets a better phone, exactly. <laughs> I, cell phones are the worst, and I wish people would stop using them for interviews. They're not good. Well, yeah, people don't not. have regular phones yeah, anymore. No, no, no not, I'm, I'm not talking about landlines. I'm talking about like you know, use uh, Streamyard or use yeah, Skype, Skype or, or literally like anything except a cell phone. Use Telegram; well, it would be more reliable. Why don't we? I'll just I'll ask Cassie to start making that known to people that call in. Not a bad idea, actually. <clears throat> the whole idea—that's not a bad idea at all. Just get everything worked out the best we can and slog ahead. Forge ahead, as they say, right? Absolutely. I don't know. I, I just look at all this stuff and I just... When did people get so insane with this? And it, you know, the only insane people I knew when I was a kid were like nuns and people like that. Right? <laughs> were nuns? Nuns. <laughs> well, they were the ones that kept saying that you, you're you not going to get into heaven unless you're uh, Catholic. I su- yeah, I suppose. Yeah. They said a lot like, more than that, too. But Well, yes, you were there. Yeah. You are correct. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just I just don't get it. People just... Uh, now, I have a question, because I think it's exploded, but maybe I just missed it. I wasn't paying attention. Lying is so in vogue right now. People go out of their way to lie now. And not just that they lie or make up little fibs to cover their back or whatever... People go out of their way to lie as deeply as they can. What is the attraction of lying to people? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. No, it makes no sense. when lies are easy to uncover when they're things. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's not very hard to know the difference between the reality, but I don't know. It's a form of power. If I can make you believe what I say, then I have power over you. (laughs) 
And I you, remember if you we, lie, even if you retract it later, a certain percent of the people still are still it. going to oh, believe yeah, that lie. Right. They're never oh, going yeah. to see the retraction, yeah. or they're not going to believe the retraction. Mm-hmm. So there yeah, you well, go. That's you still have a bunch of people under your control. Yeah, they've proven that on social media, that the first tweet that they see on topic, that's what they think. Oh, it doesn't matter if it's disproven in 15 minutes. They're not going to look for it anymore. They're just going to go, oh, my God, did you see what happened? And yep. then they just start going on and on, and the hysteria is what keeps them happy. Page one lie, page 20 retraction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one that's more try. Big. John just called in. It sounds like maybe it works this yeah. time. Okay. There John! You, it worked, man. I'm glad you get, you were able Not to come that. back. I walked you okay? about 100 yards, uh, and I got a better signal. Ah, there you go. Foot part of Marin County, so I apologize. I had a fine signal, and then all of a sudden it went away, so I just took off to try to there, and I was... Oh, well, it worked out in the end. We were just talking since you, since you jumped off there uh, a, a bit ago, John. We're talking about the fact that I I can't do the things that these people do. and it's not that I'm some supreme human being or wonderful or whatever. I just can't do it. I I swear to God, if I started lying to try to harm someone, my mother would be spinning over in her grave and she'd show up in my dreams. I guarantee it. I can't. I couldn't do it. I could not destroy someone by lying about them. I couldn't do it. Well, if you there's a higher duty and i don't think there is either because i think you have to uh play according to the rules and that's what you do but if you think there's a higher duty in certain regimes then that's what you do and you put all the lying think true. about what went into this russia gate thing that took us for three years i mean there are people there that lied now there are a lot of really people in good faith believe the whole thing yeah. We didn't lose John again, did we? It's kind of iffy. Oh, no. Oh, good, you are there. I can hear you now. Dad's going in and out. I'm sorry, I can hear you, but you guys can't hear me. No, we can hear you now, John. It, it, like I said, it, it's actually, it happens quite often, John. I wouldn't even worry about it. But Michael wanted to talk to you a little bit about Postgate. He said he wanted to hear more about your book, Michael Bryant, the attorney that was talking yeah, that to you looks, earlier. Yeah, that looks interesting. What's the, what's, how's that book doing? Well, it's doing fine. Uh, the Post has tried to deplatform me, so, and I know that, that there are a lot of uh, mainstream media that will not uh, talk about it because I disprove uh, the Post reporting in Watergate, or at least I showed that they carefully uh, showed only one side of the story. It should have been a three-ring circus. It was a one-ring circus. And I, I conclusively proved that they were uh, deceitful throughout the entire Watergate um uh, reporting, and the problem is, is if that thesis gets out there, that really kind of punctures the whole. Oop. Punctures the whole in yeah. your dreams. Yeah, and that's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, huh, I wonder. Three wings. Well, circus. we only got eight more minutes now, anyway. So this is true. So, That's too bad. But what do you guys think about that whole? I may have to read this book just to right? figure out because it sounds like he says that it was there was that it. I don't know. I wonder how many other rings there could be. I thought it was pretty clear that they broke into the White House or the Watergate, and who did, did it? Well, they're but, saying that he that the uh, Washington Post betrayed Deep Throat. Yeah, I know. That's and so, I'm trying to figure out what I wonder th- what that means. Hmm. I will have yeah. to read this book. And Sounds try, like maybe Watergate was even bigger than we expected. But well, uh, but is that, that they covered it know, up? 
I mean, Nixon's another one of my favorites. So, you know, <laughs> anything we can do to rehab Richard, that'd be fine. Well, but will this Richard. make Nixon well, look this. better or worse? There, there was a break-in. There was a break-in at Watergate, <laughs> He's and it us. was done by the CRP. But by it wasn't CRP. authorized by Richard Nixon, the committee to re-elect the Mm, yeah, the phone is not working at all. <laughs> Hell of a cliffhanger. This yeah. is not. This is not. I know. A this is a We're building suspense. Yes, what's that's this, right. We're building suspense. What do you think of Post-gate. that? Postgate. Postgate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. The the, the whole thing Here is just go. got it. You found it. I'm gonna buy it. I have a question for you. Yes. I. Should I be as happy as I am that the newspaper business is just about gone under in Minneapolis-St. Paul, that no, nobody reads the newspaper the, anymore? The good newspaper was great. I loved getting a newspaper every day and reading it. Back in the old days, yeah. Hands, you know, and, and I still I still read it every day. Um, you know, I do it online. I still read it. And, you know, there's articles I'm like, eh, and I move on. But there's, it's, there's, mm-hmm. there's some stuff that's worth reading. So. Yeah, but your your favorite articles in the Star Tribune and the Pioneer Press begin with Tom sucks. Yeah, that's so, my you know. those are those are the two I look for. I look for Tom <laughs> sucks and I, liberals are the best. Yeah, I actually tell them not to deliver the paper unless <laughs> unless those articles are in there. Well, we could, we <laughs> couldn't get the delivery anymore because they would just as likely deliver it to your house as ours, <laughs> wherever right, your house is. True. It would sometimes that is be very closer. True. Yeah. That was crazy how far away it would sometimes go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no yeah. question. I don't know. Like I said, maybe if we keep talking and keep talking and keep talking, maybe we can eventually get around to a point that. Do you, do you think people will ever calm down, or is this just how the world's going to be? I don't now? know. That that part of it, I don't know if I don't we're. Think so. I think the pendulum is real. It's right now we're in an extremely far left swing. It'll yeah. go to the center, and then it'll go extremely far right, and Why so can't forth. Why we just hover but, around the middle? I like yeah. hovering. It's not how pendulums work. Yeah, it Ugh. felt for a while like people were starting to calm down a little bit, and then I feel like yeah. as yep. the yeah, Omicron or whatever the hell it's called now and everything else, COVID spiking back up, like now the craziness has started to yeah. ensue Yeah, again. you're right. As soon as, the, yeah, as soon as the virus peaks, everybody yeah. goes nuts again. Even though the... Fatality rate of this strain is extremely low. Extremely low. Not one child has died from it, have they? I mean, that's the last I heard. I think it's double-digit children in terms of COVID. Period. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right. Exactly. One thing I will brighten everybody's day. The great news is, if the Washington Post was filthy before, at least it's in the hands of a really decent, honest man like Jeff Bezos now. God. Jesus, that's the guy you want owning your newspaper. He hasn't done anything shady recently. Oh, no. I don't know. Just ask his ex-wife. <laughs> I'm sure I she's know. got a slanted view, though. I mean, oh, oh, he's oh, my God. You're not supporting him, but i got to believe her views at least got mm-hmm. a little taint to it, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe. But, you know, Catherine, what do you think? <laughs> what? About <laughs> Bezos? About Bezos' wife. Ex-wife. I don't know anything about her other yeah, than she got, like, half the money. She's and the one with the long neck, that. right? She married yeah, a guy who looks like him. Day. There's got to be issues. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, great. Catherine yeah, just looked up. I don't you guys up. can hear me. Nope. Nope. Can yeah, we can oh, hear you now. There yep. You. yep, there you are. John, you <laughs> keep coming <laughs> and going, which works for us, man. As long Here as you I keep am. coming back. I, 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 just, moved, I just bought your I book. five feet. Yeah, great, great. Mackenzie, and I forget her, her maiden name, but she's actually from near me in Marin County. Uh, she's been contributing a lot of her money very worthy charity. She's been doing really right. good things yeah. with her yep. money, unlike her, unlike her husband. So I think she's a pretty good trooper, and you know I think she's 
she should be happy to be rid of that guy. But the problem I have, John, is my wife is sitting here just to my right, and she just said, why didn't I get $37 billion? Because <laughs> you don't have a billion dollars. That <laughs> <laughs> might have something, might have something to do with it. No. It's hard to get that kind of payday <laughs> when you don't have it. Yeah, it is. That's right. That's right. But I was... I was I, I was going to say, you guys, I don't think things are going to swing back to the middle ever unless we reform the way we discuss things in public. Uh, yeah. Yes. What you get is when you go to the right, yeah, we may go to the right, and then all that means is is that uh, there'll be people out there, there'll still be the same fights we're going through mm-hmm. uh, today. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, so I, I, I hope that there's some mechanism where somebody figures out in the mainstream media that they should tell both sides of the thing that they that unless our media is reformed our public discussion will not be informed i guess that's my pessimistic view of this whole thing absolutely i I think about four years ago i posted i'm not going to be on facebook anymore until jeff bezos solves world hunger (laughs) just as i kind of joke and I haven't been on it. I think I've checked in like a couple of times since then. I haven't gone back on it. <laughs> Probably a good idea. But he still hasn't done anything for world hunger. John, are you going to go on a book tour? Are you going to travel around a bit? Well, probably not, but uh, that's why I like to do uh, shows like yours, because it gives me a chance to talk to people. And, you know, it's so hard anyway uh, yeah. you know, in the time of COVID to get someplace anyway. So uh, this is really the way to do it. I just think it's too bad that these guys have deplatformed me from, again, the mainstream media, because I'm happy to discuss with anybody and put my ideas up to the test. They know that I have them. They know that I've proven this thing up one side and down the other. There's no escape from it. This thing is Watergate? Yeah, Watergate. There's no escape from the fact that they... um, that they really did a deceitful job of reporting. Now, I'm not here to carry Richard Nixon's uh, flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think, to some degree, he was a victim, to some degree. Now, he, he, he covered up, uh, did a couple of acts of obstruction at the uh, advice of John Dean, but what John Dean never told him was is that John Dean knew what had happened, and he was an author of it, and he was actually having Richard Nixon cover up for John Dean. Uh, Richard Nixon never knew who did this, who authorized this ridiculous burglary, or why. So, And he always suspected the CIA as well as, uh, you know, in this case, it was the CIA as well as a couple lieutenants of, of Nixon, not for the campaign, but for purposes of listening to naughty boys and naughty girls talking to each other. Uh, the CIA <laughs> had its own purposes in doing that. And I'm not kidding about that. It's just very clear. And I talk about it in my book. And uh, that there's just not a doubt about it, but that was covered up by the Post. That's what was going on. And, uh, and Dean wanted that for his own purposes and to build up his own. He tells you that in Blind Ambition. You just don't understand the context of his Blind Ambition. Hmm. So it's a combination of the CIA inveigling a couple young lieutenants into a foolish venture. The CIA did it for their own purposes so it could... Uh, legitimize its otherwise illegal American operations. The so, CIA could not do an, an operation in America. So would that make Liddy's book all untrue? No, not to the contrary. I analyzed that in the book. Liddy never could figure out what had happened. He finally uh, changed what he thought in 1990. Oh, 
98 or something like that, 96, and got sued. And then he went to trial. So I cover that in my book. Okay. Liddy changed his view as to what had happened. So did he, he change? Did his... not know. He, he was sorry. Yeah. So did he change his view before his book or because I I read his book, I read Colson's book, I read Dean's book, I read well all the president's men. I I I, I actually had a Watergate class my uh, uh, J term when I was in college. So I've read a bunch of those books. So those would put those books in probably the early eighties to yeah somewhere in there. So you're so Liddy changed his views after his book. Oh yes, oh okay. yes, yes, and I go through it. Uh, it, it and okay. then he went on the radio. He went on the radio with his new theory and got sued for it. And then guess what? Two juries said no. Liddy's theory sounds right, Who and he won him? two libel trials. Well, first, John Dean and, uh, and Maureen sued him, and then, um, and then I'm trying to think. Then Spencer Oliver Jr. Oh, and okay. Maxie Wells, they were the people who had the phone. Everybody was not, they were not listening to a DNC phone, certainly not Larry O'Brien's. They were listening to Spencer Oliver Jr.'s phone, who was often absent. And what happened was, if you're from out of town in a bigwig, you came in, and if you wanted a good time for the night you went into spencer's office called the number hung up waited for it to call back and there would be a girl on the line you would be given a picture and you would make your arrangements for the night that's what was happening and that's what the cia liked because it was part of the cia uh nationwide operation in which they were like to listen to john's and their girlfriends but this would legitimize everything if the white house if they could show later that the white house approved this and so that's all they wanted was proof. Uh, John Dean ordered the second burglary, and I get into it, and it's really too complicated to explain, but he ordered the second burglary because he thought that the Democrats might be on to something here. And so Liddy says it in his book that the second burglary was to try to find out what dirt the Democrats had on the Republicans. Huh. But what he did not realize, it was what dirt, and he says this later on, it was to find out what dirt they had on John Dean. That's the second one. Now, that's when, that's when he got sued, okay? And so uh, I, I go through it in my book. It's fascinating. But we have been led down the wrong path. Um, just to give you an idea that I'm not making this up, the Ellsberg psychiatrist burglary, you, do you all know yeah, about that? Yeah, New York Times. Okay, yeah. okay. That is absolutely provable to be a CIA operation in which they suckered some stupid plumbers into going along with it. But what they did was they actually copied the Ellsberg psychiatric notes, lied to Liddy that they didn't get anything. Liddy, the CIA, kept those. Ellsberg psychiatrist said, yeah, they, fingered, they got the records. Somebody was fingering through them. They told Liddy that they couldn't find the records. Yet that night, they all drank champagne, all these CIA guys. And Liddy said, well, gee, why are you drinking champagne? I don't get it. Well, they had successfully gotten Ellsberg's records, which they wanted for CIA purposes. Ellsberg had a lot of knowledge, they thought, about certain CIA operations. And they, they wanted those. And they were the ones who suggested this. If you know anything about it, it's the CIA that came over and said, boy, we can really do harm to Ellsberg if we can just get his psychiatric records. Uh, we can't do a psychological profile of Ellsberg without him. So finally, the idiots in the White House went, oh, gee, okay, uh, we'll go get him. Okay. 
thank you, CIA, for doing this. We'll go get them. And so you guys can really do a devastating portrait of Ellsberg and help President out politically. Well, it was a dumb thing to do. They went along with the CIA, but it's very clear. Philip D. Diego, a Cuban burglar, not on the Watergate deal, but he was on this one. On the Ellsberg. He said, oh, no, we got, we got the records and we copied them. Okay, that's not what they told Liddy. Look at Liddy's book. It was a failure, according right. to Liddy. Yeah. Okay, so that's the template for Watergate. They do the same thing in Watergate, where basically the reports, McCord refuses to record the conversations they're overhearing, and then he types up his own things that he wants to send to Magruder and the, and the White House, to the, to the underlings. But he's, not, he's, he's withholding the fruits. They are curating the fruits for the CIA's own benefit. Now, meanwhile, the people over in the White House are getting this stuff from the burglaries, the younger guys, the lower guys, and saying, this stuff is all crap. It's trash. Why, why, why are we even doing this? Well, of course, McCord is curating everything. So this is the same thing they did with Ellsberg. Um, and there are a couple other examples. I go all through it in my book. And it's fascinating because the Post knew about all this. And the Post knew more than the White House knew. But, of course, the Post is also covering up what, if they really uh, reported the truth, Nixon would say, thank you, Post. You've really helped me figure out what happened. Hmm. But they didn't. They were there to screw Nixon, so they got him. The and CIA, one of the lessons we the get CIA out— The CIA was trying to screw what? Nixon? No, no, they were trying to screw Nixon. Oh, Washington Post was— started, Okay. No, no, once the once the oh, thing just trying got to figure out who the they was. The yeah, the CIA was not going to jump in and said, hey, we did it. They decided the better part of prudence would be to say we had nothing to do with it. Okay, so they did that. But they weren't out to screw Nixon. They were just out to legitimize an otherwise illegal domestic operation. Hmm. The CIA charter says you can't do domestic <clears throat> operations, but they knew under the Constitution you can do anything you want if the president says so. So if the president's agents, whether it be John Ehrlichman and the Ellsberg thing or John Dean— uh, in the um, uh, Watergate thing, uh, and, and, and then you can say, well, this is legitimate. So, it's been authorized by the president through his agents. So are the tapes that Martha Mitchell um, uh, lost, are those real? Yeah, no, Martha Mitchell is just a crazy woman. I mean, she knows nothing about nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My wife loved that comment. Yeah, and I, I, I remember, I remember interviews of her that, yeah, that that would fit. But so, the, so those tapes with the with the gaps didn't exist, really, or? Oh no! Oh no! 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 The tapes existed, and they, they and Nixon actually did probably erase them, uh, because what happened was in the follow up to the burglary, I think Haldeman and Nixon had a frank talk about what they needed to cover up because they did have some skeletons. I mean. One of the things that Nixon did know about by that point was he did know about the uh, Ellsberg burglary, and he knew about a bunch of other stuff. He knew about the Segretti dirty trick stuff. Segretti. Nixon is not a clean gene in this. He just didn't have anything to do with the burglary. That's hmm. all. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying Nixon is a white knight with unsullied hands. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's, a, uh, he's a guy that always had that dark skullduggery about him. And that, but he, his point was, after the burglary, Listen, I don't mind people saying I'm crooked. I, I just mind them saying I'm stupid. 
I'm not stupid. Why would I ever do this burglary? Yeah. And that's really right. That's the best argument about it is Nixon wouldn't do anything this stupid. Yeah, he was that... way ahead in the polls, and, and the DNC had no campaign op- uh, uh, information. Yeah, there was And Larry O'Brien why. wasn't even in town. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I and I, I bought your book, but I, and I don't want you to, you know, not sell books. But so, is Woodward and Bernstein? Do they know this? Do they find this out at some point? What's the? Where are they in all this? Well, I get into it in my book, and I have personal interactions uh, with Woodward throughout for six years, and you will see. Uh, that he kept putting my head into the dumpster until I finally had to go research. I've got 3,000 post articles in my garage. I've printed them all out. Wow. I've looked at them. I've researched everything. I mean, this is not – listen, I, 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 I take these things seriously. I'm not doing this to make money, and uh, I'm doing it because I don't like what happened. Uh, uh, so believe me, uh, I got the goods on them, and they know it. And the terrible thing about it is, is the mainstream press, this gave the mainstream press political power. You now have power to depose a president with your reporting. All you have to do is bias it a little bit. So, my God, now think about that. You have the power to get rid of the uh, popularly elected president, overwhelmingly reelected president, and the most powerful country on earth. And you can do it if you just deceive a little bit in your reporting. How about that? That's a pretty powerful bomb to have in your hands. Now, to the extent their reporting was truthful, it was really just a tailgate on the FBI. But the FBI itself came to the conclusion that they couldn't quite figure out what this mess was about. And uh, the Post, of course, um, really muffled that one. But the Post also knew that Hunt and McCord were both likely CIA agents acting undercover. Uh, Hunt's employer, Mullen and Company, his full-time employer, his worked for the White House was part-time. His full-time employer was a CIA cover company. They had a contract where they could, would put agents undercover with some bogus job. And so that was, so the Post knew that. They never publicized that. That's a big deal. Um, Post, uh, you know, Hunt's boss, Robert Bennett, was instrumental in all this. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's really, but here's the thing about it. If you read my book and you say, my God, this is 50 years later, and we don't have, don't know, don't know any of this. Why don't we? Well, there's a good reason. And when I write the book, <laughs> they suppress that. So I don't know if you guys follow Seinfeld, but uh, Cosmo Kramer wrote a book about coffee right. tables. Yeah, coffee table <clears> book. Yeah, books that itself was a coffee table book, and it had um, uh, uh, handles yep, built into the. Yep cover so it could be a coffee table itself well that's my book my book is about suppression and then a suppression of a suppression which itself became a suppression so i i have written a book about coffee tables books that was a coffee table book and turns into a coffee table so right now it's being suppressed as we speak so we'll see if uh, mine shows up is a coffee table (laughs) John, I'll tell you what, John, you got you got to come back once in a while. I love talking to you. I, you know, I'm, seriously. Make sure because, to come back on Mondays, though. <laughs> yeah, when Michael Bryant is here. <laughs> no, I like, we'll, we'll get it done. Thank you, John O'Connor. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks, John. Okay, good talking to you guys. See you. Nice talking to you. We'll take a break and be right back in a couple minutes because Stocky will join us right after so this. So we have time. Okay.